Good evening, my brothers and sisters. Good evening to you. I pray that you are well this evening. Hope that all is going well in your life. Indeed, it is an amazing love, and we thank God for this day, for your time being here with us on this evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing, and we are exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. If you will, go ahead and share this uh, Bible study with your neighbor and your friends. Let them know that you are watching K Chapel. Uh, live as we go into the Word of God on tonight, on this Wednesday night. Uh, we thank God for your presence and for your prayers. Go ahead and share this because the numbers are way down, y'all. I think y'all are ready to come back. That's what it is. Y'all are ready to come back into the service. Amen. And the numbers are down. So you all are telling me right now, Reverend, we're ready to come back. Let's just go ahead and get back in the sanctuary where we can do it. Amen. And if that's what y'all want, we can do it that way. Amen. But listen, let's go ahead for the time that we have tonight. Go ahead and get those numbers up. Let's share this with our neighbors and our friends. Let's see who we got in the house tonight. Dorothy Jones is here. We thank God for your presence. Ruth Dale, God bless you. Good to see you on tonight as well. Sister Cherie, God bless you. We're glad to see you on tonight. Uh, Sister Aggie Duvall is here. God bless you. Good to see you. Mother Curry is here. Amen. You all are coming on in now. Now y'all can look. Y'all got the word out. Y'all <laughs> Somebody started sharing real quick. They say, wait a minute. He's talking about getting back in. <laughs> Y'all started sharing. My goodness. Um, Josephine Bronson, God bless you. Good to see you. Anita Shaw, God bless you. Good to see you tonight. Amen. Sister Clark is in the house. God bless you. Greg Grimes, God bless you all the way over in Texas. Good to see you tonight. Uh, Lavertus Walker, God bless you. Good to see you tonight as well. Gracie Buford, amen from Perkinston, Mississippi. God bless you. Good to see you all the way from Perkinston. God bless you. I believe that's, I believe that's going down south. Is that going towards Hattiesburg? I think it is. Maybe, maybe not. Give me some info on that. Perkinston, Mississippi. God bless you. Faye Foster is with us. Amen. Sister Lawson is with us all the way from Alabama. Amen. Praying for Linda Wilson as she recovers from shoulder surgery on yesterday. Amen. Thank you for letting us know that. 
our good friend, Sister Wilson. That's another Linda Wilson. We've got a Linda Wilson uh, in our congregation as well, who is uh, one of our deaconess. That's not the Linda Wilson Sister Lawson is talking about. So I didn't want you all to get confused on that. Uh, Shelby Moore, God bless you. Good to see you as well, Sister Moore. God bless you. Cheatham, Cheatham is with us. Good evening to you, Sister Cheatham. Amen. God bless you. Clara Roberts is in the house. Amen. Good evening to everyone. Listen, the numbers are going up. God bless you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank y'all getting the word out now. God bless you. Let's go ahead and get those numbers up. Listen, listen, do me a big favor. I want you to be in prayer. Uh, be in prayer. We lost a dear saint, uh, one, one of our dear uh, longtime members of the church uh, this morning, Sister Edith Carter, uh, made her transition uh, and is resting in the uh, arms of our beloved Savior. And so we thank God for her life, uh, for her love, and just for the person who she is and has been to us throughout the years, a dear a dear saint of God. And so we thank God for her. Listen, go ahead and uh, send up some prayers to that family. Uh, when we get the, um, the, the uh, information in terms of arrangements, uh, I, I know that uh, I know what what's being said right now, but I want to get final confirmation on that before before I announce that. So uh, once I get final confirmation on on the uh, day and time, we will certainly make that that be known. Uh, but certainly we are we're we're grieving uh, that loss, but we're also celebrating uh, when a when a when a saint uh, uh, transitions and she has lived uh, that that kind of of of. of holy life uh, has been such a such a tremendous blessing um, to so many in the life of this church, but also throughout this community. Uh, we, we just thank God for her and for her testimony and for her witness for a life well lived. Amen. Amen. So we will uh, we will miss her, but we thank God for uh, sister, sister Edith Carter. Beautiful, beautiful woman, beautiful woman of God. Amen. Listen, um, so let us let us let us get into the word of God on tonight. Uh, we thank you for your prayers. Go ahead and keep sharing. I see the numbers are going up, so go ahead and get get. Let's get let's get that one fifty. Let's get to one fifty um, for sure. I know we've got some on on YouTube as well. I don't know how many we got on YouTube, Tia. If you can check that for us, uh, and we we might already have the one fifty. But uh, why don't we go ahead and say a word of prayer, and we will get into the study of God's word on tonight. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, we bless you and we thank you, God, for this day and for this time together for, for who you are, for what you provide. God, for being with us through so much that, um, that happens daily in our world. God, we see the reports and we hear the reports of war, uh, war crimes across overseas in Ukraine, and our hearts bleed. But we also hear reports of murder and homicide right here in our backyard, and our hearts bleed. So God, we pray right now. We pray, oh God, for peace. Peace in our streets, peace in our communities, peace in our neighborhoods, peace in our world. God, we pray now that, that you would bless those whose hearts are aching for loss of friends, loss of loved ones, loss of family members. God, we pray now that your comforting spirit would abide with us. We lift up the Carter family to you and all who grieve, the Dunn family, all who experience loss right now. And God, we pray, oh God, that you, by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit, would encourage their hearts, would lift their heads and dry their tears. Now, God, as we enter into the study of your word, we pray, Lord, that you would illuminate our minds, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts that we might receive your word and be transformed thereby. Grant it, O oh God, in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen and amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. All right.
Y'all ready for the word tonight? I pray that you are. I pray that you are. We're going to get into God's word. Listen, I want to talk about want to talk about something uh something that the church um knows a lot about but maybe doesn't talk a lot about um we know a lot about it um but we don't always teach a lot about it so tonight tonight our general topic is just sin I want to talk a little bit about sin. I, I, I want to talk about sin. And, and actually, our, our topic, the, 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 the title of our topic, Seven Consequences of Unrepented Sin. Seven Consequences of Unrepented Sin. Um, but to begin tonight, I want to, I want to begin a, a bit more globally and talk about just sin in general. We'll talk a little bit about sin in general and then get to these, these seven consequences. Because what 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 we must what we must really um understand but also believe is that sin is a serious matter. Sin is a serious, serious matter. Um and we don't always give sin um, the, the, the prime time that it deserves in terms of the attention that we give it in our lives. But sin is something that we should not overlook. Sin is something that we should not make light of. Sin is something that we should not sneeze at. Because sin is a serious matter. Sin is a serious matter. So, so serious is sin that it, it was because of sin. It is because of sin that we have to pray the kind of prayers that I opened up with tonight. Praying for peace in Ukraine, praying for peace in our streets because of homicides and murders. That is a direct result of sin. Hey, y'all, sin is serious. Sin has enormous consequences. We live in a world that is broken because of sin. We live in a broken world. We have broken relationships. We are broken people because of sin. And it impacts, it impacts all of life. So, so serious is sin. Let me let me take you back. Let me take you back. Let me take you back to Genesis, Genesis chapter three, because this is where it all begins. It begins in the beginning, Genesis chapter three, the book of beginnings, right? Um, God creates this beautiful world. He creates man, Adam. From Adam, he takes the rib and creates Eve, woman. He brings them together in this beautiful garden, this paradise. And in this garden, there is this tree that is a forbidden tree that produces forbidden fruit. God says, listen, you can have everything in here. You can do everything you want with everything in here. Don't touch that tree. Leave it alone. And y'all know what happened. Right? You know what happened. Eve eats of the forbidden fruit because of the serpent. The serpent who, who questions what God has said concerning the fruit makes Eve, uh, causes Eve to look at it and begin to desire it. She sees the fruit as, as something good and in fact begins to think that God is holding out on her because he is forbidding 
uh, them from eating it. Because remember, the serpent is 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 slick, right? He, he beguiles her, and so she eats of the fruit. She gives that fruit to to Adam. They both eat it, and herein begins the consequences, the reality of, but also the consequences of sin. First thing I need you to understand is that sin and our choosing to sin is a choice. God, listen, listen, God created us as free will agents, giving us the ability to choose. Choose. You can choose life and death. You can choose good and evil. You can choose just and unjust. You can choose. He doesn't make us do one or the other. It's a choice. And in the beginning, the choice was made to sin. And as a result, three things happen. Three things happen from this choice of Adam and Eve to sin. First thing that happened was that it disrupted their, their relationship, Adam and Eve. It disrupts relationship. And the way we look at this more globally is that sin disrupts human relationships. How do you know this happened? Because remember, when, when God comes into the garden and he begins uh, giving out the punishments because of the sin, he says to Eve, you shall desire your husband, but he shall rule over you. Now, now remember, she was taken from his rib. But after sin, after sin, after the sin exists, God says, you know what? There's going to be this tension between man and woman, or this tension between humanity, human relationships will be disrupted because of sin. There's a disruption in human relationship. They were in paradise, but when they chose to sin, it disrupted the harmony of humanity. It disrupted the harmony of human relationship. That's number one. But then number two, it also distorts, sin distorts our God image. Remember, remember the Bible teaches that we were created in his image and after his likeness, right? We were created in his image and after his likeness. After sin, remember God says this to, 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 to Eve and to Adam. He, he talks about, he talks about suffering and pain. It says you you shall you shall you shall uh, uh, labor in suffering. You, you you when you when you bring forth children, it will be with labor and with suffering. Right? There 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 is the introduction of pain into the world. God says to Adam, says you're gonna you're gonna work the ground uh, in order to, to, to produce for it to produce, but it won't produce willingly. It's, there's going to be tension, pain, struggle between man and earth for the production even of, of, of grain. And so there is this, this distortion, whereas man, man and woman were created in beauty and, and lived in paradise. Now with sin, there is this introduction of suffering, of struggle, of pain. It is a distortion of who God and how God created us to live in harmony with ourselves and with creation. Good God Almighty. But then lastly, lastly, what sin does is sin distances our fellowship with God. 
It distances our fellowship with God. Remember, at the end of this, after he levels out all of the punishment, God says to the serpent, you know, you're going to stay on the ground. You're going to uh, eat the dust. Says to the woman, you're going to have uh, childbearing pain and labor. Um, you will desire your husband, but he will rule over you. Says to the man, you will work the ground, but the ground uh, will not produce without struggle and strife, uh, thistle and thorn, all of that. Then, then he says, he says, he says, now, I need y'all uh, to leave the garden, right? And and behind him, he 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 create he gives the the cherubim, which has the the swords uh, that are that are going back and forth, so that they cannot come back in to the garden of Eden. It is a distancing of God and man, and all of that happened because of sin. It disrupted human relationship. It distanced the fellowship between God and us. And it also distorted our image, our God image, and our relationship with creation. All of that was messed up because of sin. I wanted to lay that foundation. I'm sorry I didn't get those notes to you, but... But but that that came after I sent the notes in this evening, and I said, well let let, let me let me lay the foundation for what we'll we'll teach tonight because because I need you to understand that from the very beginning sin had major consequences. Excuse me for doing that. I'm sorry, but it's allergy season and it's already started with me. So y'all 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 bear with me. Sin has major major consequences. All right major consequences. So that those three that I mentioned are just the beginnings of what sin created, what sin caused in the world. And because of that sin, you know, all of us, all of humanity is then born into what we call the sin nature, which means all of us, by virtue of being human, are sinners, stamped with the sin condition because that has been passed down to us from Adam and Eve. So, so when we are born, we are born into this world, into a sin nature, which is why Jesus says, you must be born again because we are born initially into sin. And until we are born again, we are sinners whose natures have not been regenerated or changed, transformed. You must be born again. Now, here's the thing, y'all. How many of you how many of you can attest and witness to the fact that even after you've been born again, you still sin? Can can anybody put up the Baptist finger and admit even even after you have been born again, you still commit sins, even though your sin nature has been changed. The committing of sin still happens. Am I the only one that's going to put up the Baptist finger? I mean, so, somebody in the chat, I know you got that emoji right there. Somebody ought to put up the finger. Yeah, we we still do. We still do. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It's one thing to commit sins. It's another thing to commit them and be unrepented in them. 
Marilyn Langford, I see you. You put up the finger. Thank you. <laughs> finger up. Bless you. Yeah. So, so, so we commit sins. The question is, the question is, are you living in the sin, continuing in the sin, not confessing the sin, and not doing anything about the sin, right? Which then becomes what we're calling unrepented sin. And that, my brothers and sisters, you have to understand because the Bible says this, the Bible tells us this, listen, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins, right? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he's faithful. So confession, confession is repentance. It, it is, well, I shouldn't say that it's not repentance. Confession leads to repentance. Confession is the acknowledgement that I've done wrong. Repentance is the turnaround. <clears throat> it's the turnaround. So each of us, because we will sin, we will commit sins, The issue is, are we willing to repent of those sins? Confession is a part of repentance. It's not, it's not, it's not all of repentance. It's a part of repentance. So I confess it, but repentance is changing. Repentance is, is saying, Lord, fix me so I stop doing this. Repentance is, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Empower me. Empower me so that I don't keep down this road. And if you're not doing that, then this is unrepented sin. This is sin that you keep doing over and over and over and over again. And you don't intend to change. And for that, there are seven consequences. Here they are. Are you ready? Seven consequences of unrepented sin. Number one, unrepented sin brings loss of Christian joy. Unrepented sin brings loss of Christian joy. Romans 14 and 17. Romans 14 and 17. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the spirit. So, so stay right there. So the kingdom of God brings about joy in the spirit, which means that if I am a kingdom citizen, I'm a child of God, that I should have joy in my heart, joy in my spirit. I There should be a joyful nature, a joyful attitude, a joyful disposition about who I am, about how I live, about what I do. Joy ought to characterize some of my life. But here's what unrepented sin does. Unrepented sin causes you to lose Christian joy. I'm, I'm, I'm about to prove it to you. Unrepented sin causes you to lose Christian joy. Y'all remember, y'all remember, um, y'all remember David? David in the Psalm 51. You remember what Psalm 51 is about, right? Psalm 51 is written, scholars believe, in response to David's adulterous affair with Bathsheba. And when he was found out and, 
and and all that he had done, all the wrong that he had done. It is believed that Psalm 51 is written as a psalm of repentance. And so, and so if you would, uh, if we can look at a little bit of Psalm 51. I'm sorry, I didn't put that in the notes either. But in Psalm 51, let's see, and if you can't pull it up, that's okay, because I can just read a little bit of it. Psalm 51, um, verse 8 says this. Watch this, y'all. Verse 8 says this in Psalm 51. Oh, and I'm reading from the, this is the New Living Translation, okay? It says this in the New Living Translation. Oh, give me back my joy again. <laughs> oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Don't do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, I like that. Look at that. Restore to me the what? The joy of your salvation. Stay right there. Restore to me the joy. Listen, here's what unrepented sin does. It steals, it robs, it kills you of your Christian joy. David said, I've been, I've been in this situation and I realize I don't even have any joy anymore. I don't have any joy. The way I've been living my life is so raggedy and so torn up and so, so unrighteous and so ungodly. I've messed up my life. I've messed up the life of, of Bathsheba and Uriah. I've messed up. I've just messed up and I don't even have any joy. The son who came from this adulterous affair is dead. Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I'm depressed. I'm sorry that I, I messed up and, and there is nothing good about what I've done. And unrepented sin, if you keep living it and after a while, your joy, the joy of being saved the joy of knowing the Lord, the joy of being a believer. All of that will be gone. How do you know? How do you know when that's gone? Here, here, here's, a good, here's a good sign that you lost your joy. Watch this, y'all. Here's a good sign when you've lost your joy. When church doesn't do anything for you anymore. I lost my joy when you could take it or leave it. You lost your joy. When when you can hear uh that gospel song that, that used to that used to stir your spirit and your spirit didn't stir it anymore, you lost your joy. Yeah. When 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 you used to when you used to enjoy prayer and 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 prayer would stir you and empower you and motivate you to live for God and, and now you, you can't remember the last time you prayed you lost your joy and it could be because of some unrepented sin something that you're just doing and you keep doing a way that you're living, an attitude that you've taken on, a disposition that you carry. And you 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 know people like this if you're not one of them. People who just become bitter, just grumpy all the time. All right, they used to. They used to be a joy to be around, but now they just. And I'm not talking about for reasons of of grief or sorrow. I'm talking about for reasons of unrepented sin. And the sin has robbed them of their joyful relationship with God and with others. That's that's what I'm talking about.
And unrepented sin will do that. It'll cause you to lose your joy. All right. Number two. Number two, unrepented sin quenches and grieves the Holy Spirit and his ministry in your life. Unrepented sin quenches and grieves the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit's ministry in your life. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four and verse 30. Ephesians chapter four and verse 30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not what? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to grieve the, tell you what, let, let's, Let's uh let's see. Ephesians, if we can look up just a couple of verses just before that. Look at verse 28. Stay in Ephesians chapter 4. But look at 28 through 31 because here is here is how Paul, I want you to put this in context of what Paul is saying. Because and I I I really love, yeah, I love the way again, you know, one of my favorite versions is this new new living translation. I I, I really like the new living translation. Um, but I like the way verse 30 reads in New Living Translation. Verse 30 says this, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. And if you look at, uh, if you look, look up a little bit, go start at verse 28. Because this kind of talks about the way people live. Thank you so much, T.A. Uh, if you are a thief, quit, quit stealing, <laughs> right? It just calls it out. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And there it is in verse 30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live, right? In verse 31, it keeps talking about these, the, the way that some of us live, right? It says, get rid of bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, because it's all this other stuff, the bitterness, the rage, the anger, the harsh words, the slander. Those are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. The way we live, when we live in unrepented sin, the Holy Spirit is grieved in our lives. It's, 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 it's like the Spirit, it's like we're blocking and pushing the Spirit of God that each of us has. When you give your life to Christ, I want you to understand you have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, but that gift of the Holy Spirit is pushed in a corner somewhere in our lives when we continue to practice sin and, and refuse to repent of it. We then grieve the Holy Spirit and we don't allow Holy Spirit to have access and authority in our lives. That's what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit. Somebody asked me that last week. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit or to quench the Spirit? It means that you are, you are constraining the Holy Spirit by your sin, by your will. You, you are willing more of your flesh than you are allowing the Spirit of God to have prominence in your life. And so you're grieving the Holy Spirit because you're being ruled by your flesh rather than by the Spirit. And when, when you do not repent of your sin, you quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19 gives us a simple, simple command. Do not quench the Spirit. That's 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19. Do not quench the spirit. Don't, watch this, don't practice sin and keep practicing sin and refuse to repent. When we do so, 
we box the Holy Spirit into a small little corner. And he's there, but you've boxed him in and you've not given him access to have authority, power, control in your life. Number three, I got a lot of I got a lot of ground to cover, so let me hurry up. I'm sorry. Unrepentant sin brings reproach on Christ, the church, and the Bible. Unrepented sin brings reproach upon Christ, the church, and the Bible. I'm, I want to go back to this, this story with David and his sin with Bathsheba uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. And this is when um, uh, David and Nathan... Remember, Nathan is the is the is the is the prophet, the priest, and he's the one. I'm sorry, he's the one who who basically has let uh, David's uh, sin be made known to himself, to David. And look at these verses, thirteen and fourteen. Then David said to Nathan, "I have sinned against the Lord." Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Stop right there. Because by this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Stop right there. Look at that. Nathan says, listen, because of this thing that you've done, you have brought reproach upon the Lord because the enemies of God who know what, have happened, what has happened are looking at you, you who's supposed to be a king, a man after God's own heart, and you have brought reproach upon the Lord. Listen, y'all know this to be true. Y'all know this to be true. How, how many, how many times, how many times, how many times have you, have you clicked on something, some, some, um, something on, on Facebook or popped up on your timeline that, that said something about, um, uh, some, some scandalous news of a preacher. Y'all come on and talk to me if you can. Don't tell the truth. Shame the devil. It, it, it sparked interest when it said Reverend so-and-so or Pastor so-and-so. When, when, when you saw that name in the headlines, you're like, ooh, right? Why? You know why. Because you hope for more out of Christian leaders. And when that does not happen, it causes the world to look suspect upon the church. When Christians fall, and we do, we all do, but when we fall and we do so in, in such a style where there is unrepentance or where there has been, you know, just, just this terrible, disgraceful fault. It brings reproach upon the church. It brings reproach. It brings reproach upon the witness of believers. It brings reproach upon Christ. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and so, uh, Unrepented sin, and you know we we've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it over and over again. You know there 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 are leaders uh, in the Christian world who have fallen, um, and some some who repented, but some who did not. Uh, there 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 are a few who who fell, and 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 you know they they were like, hey. <laughs> And what did that do to the witness of the church? So unrepented sin 
brings reproach upon Christ, brings reproach upon the church, brings because because people are looking at us. Not just preachers and leaders and pastors, people are looking at Christians, at disciples, at believers, at how you live your life. Member of K Chapel, how you live your life, member of the Usher Board, how you live your life, choir member, how you live your life, deacon, how you live your life, person who comes to church every Sunday. Yeah, they're looking at us. They're looking at us. Number four. Number four, seven consequences of unrepented sin. Unrepented sin causes God to turn a deaf ear to your prayers. Now, this is something, this is something you don't want to hear because you want to believe, you want to believe that whenever you pray, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, or it doesn't matter. You want to believe that God is going to hear your prayer no matter what. I know. I know you do. I know you want to believe that. I know you want to believe that. I want to believe that. I, I want to believe that. But when I read this Bible... I see something different. Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 59, 1 through 3. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. So, so this is good news. God can hear, right? God can save, right? It, it, is, it is not an issue of his strength, it is not an issue of his ability to hear, right? But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Hmm. I, I want to believe <laughs> that that he hears every everything every time I pray. But this says that my iniquities create space, distance, separation. Separating you from your God and your sins have hidden your face from him so that from you so that he will not hear. So, so what this says, what this, and I know somebody's already saying, Evan, that's the Old Testament. Jesus came into my life, and oh, what a wonderful chain, and he's my mediator, he's my advocate, and he takes every prayer that I pray before the Father. I get that. I understand that. I, I, understand, I already know where you're going. What I need you to understand is that sin is a serious matter in our fellowship with the Father. Sin disrupts an unrepented sin that, that we choose to ignore, unrepented sin that we choose to, to, to continue to practice. That has a debilitating effect on our relationship and our fellowship with the Father. Yeah, it's, it's, okay, okay, I'll give you New Testament, since that's where you ran to, I'll give you New Testament for it. Remember when Jesus, remember when Jesus tells the parable about the prodigal son? Y'all remember that? Prodigal son, right? He, he tells his father, give me my, uh, what, 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 what you owe me, like he really owed him something, but give, give, give me my possessions now. Um, and, and he gives it to him 
and 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 he leaves he goes to a far country and 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 he wastes his money he spends all of his money right um he, he here is here there's several things in that parable that that we may overlook that number one again going back to how I started God always gives us a choice the son chose to leave the father he chose to ask for his inheritance and waste it he chose to go to a far country all of those were choices the father did not say to him nope i'm not going to let you do it he did not no you know what father said that's your choice I told you, God made us free will agents. We can choose what we do. And when this son made the choice to leave the father and be distanced in his fellowship with the father, right? Watch this. The father did not go running after the son. Stay with me. The father stayed at the house until the son came to himself. I'm going somewhere. The son came to himself after he had been, watch this, in life's pig pen long enough. After he had been in that condition long enough, right? He came to himself. And sometimes when you've been in sin long enough, it'll come to you. Yeah. I, I had it better than this. I know where it's better than this. I've had a better relationship with my father than I have right now. My fellowship with my father has been closer than it is right now. And you know what? I'm getting up from where I am and I'm going back to my father's house. Watch this, y'all. It gets gooder. <laughs> I said it intentionally. Watch this. Here it is. The father sees the son coming, right? He tells the servants, go get some shoes, a robe, and a ring for my son. For he was once lost, but now he is found. He has come home. Here it is, y'all. The fellowship with the father had been distanced. But the relationship with the father was always intact. I need you to hear that. Because here's what sin does. I told you this beginning. Sin disrupts our fellowship. But here's your shout. It doesn't destroy your relationship. That's the shout of this parable. Sin can disrupt our fellowship with the Father. It causes distance. But thanks be to God, it does not destroy my relationship with the Father. He's still my Father, and I'm still His Son. What I've got to do is get this sin issue fixed in my life and come back to my Father. Y'all missed your shout. I am so glad tonight that all the stuff I've done in my life, it did not destroy my relationship with my Father. While it may have distanced my fellowship, mm, he was still my father and I was still his son. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was my shout. That, that was my shout right there. So, so, but 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 I need you to, I needed you to hear that. That that unrepentant sin. When you stay there, when you stay there, let, let me let me go to another passage. Let me go to another passage. Lamentations 3, Lamentations 3, 42 through 44. Oh my, I'm out of time. I'm not gonna finish. Uh, let me get this last verse in and we'll get we'll we'll finish for tonight. Lamentations 3, 
42 through 44 says, we have transgressed and rebelled. You have not pardoned. Look at that. We have transgressed and rebelled. You have not pardoned. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain and not pitied. You have covered yourself with a cloud that prayer should not pass through. That prayer should not pass through. When I am so stuck in my ways, when I am so so committed to my sin, I don't need to think that I can stay where I am and assume that God is just going to keep hearing and answering all my prayers. No, because my fellowship has been disrupted, distanced. There's distance. And I've got I've got to do some repentance. When I pray, I need to start by repenting of my sin. For I pray, start praying, Lord, get me out of this. Lord, help me. No, Lord, I need to confess. Perhaps part of the reason why I am where I am is because of my sin. Are y'all hearing me? All right, I'm I'm out of time, but I'm not out of word. I'm out of time, but I'm not out of word. We will finish. We will finish this on next week. I got at least three more. If I don't add one more to it, it it might be eight consequences next week when you come. But uh, we will we will pick up we will pick up where we left off. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And listen, we will uh, see you all. Listen, you know we're in person. We are in person for uh, worship every Sunday uh, at 11 a.m. We are in person for worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. You do not uh, need to register uh, in order to come to worship. The only thing you need to do is come and wear your mask. Amen. That's all you need to do. Come and wear your mask. Um, uh, you, you will get a temperature check. Uh, but after that, we're going to worship and praise the Lord together. Amen. Uh, so I look forward to seeing each of you on Sunday. Uh, we're going to have a good time in the Lord. I'm being blessed. It's so good to see uh, the people of God, the saints of God, uh, coming back into the sanctuary, populating our pews. Um, and um, I, I, I pray that you are being blessed uh, by our in-person service. For those of you who are still continuing to worship online, we thank God for you. You keep joining us. Uh, you come when you're ready. Uh, when, when you feel like it's time for you to rejoin us, you do so. And for those of you who are outside of our, our, um, our, our area uh, who watch us, um, uh, who watch us not only on Wednesday nights, but Sunday morning, we thank God for you. We thank God for your presence and for your participation and for your giving uh, to our ministry. Uh, you are a tremendous blessing uh, to the ministry of Cade Chapel. You're a tremendous blessing to me. Uh, and I appreciate your, your encouragement, uh, your kind words, uh, and all that you do to just continue to make ministry happen uh, in a great way. We thank God for you. Let's pray tonight. Father in heaven, before we ask you for anything, let us begin with a prayer of confession. Confession of our sins. Perhaps they have been sins that, from which we've we've not repented. And so, God, right now, we want to begin this prayer by asking your forgiveness and then by giving us the strength to turn around, to repent, to do life differently. And, God, we thank you that as we do that, as we walk that road and path of repentance, that you now hear our prayers. Thank you, God, that you give us a way out of the sin nature, out of our sinful condition. But you also empower us to live a life of victory over sin. And so, Lord, we pray that we would walk in that power. We pray that we would not grieve the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but that we would give the Holy Spirit complete access by confessing daily, repenting however 
often as needed. And Lord, living by faith through the presence and power of your spirit. Right now, oh God, we bless you and we thank you for bringing us safe thus far. And we believe that by your grace, that one day you will lead us home. We thank you and we ask it now, these things to be done in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being with us. And we will see you on Sunday morning. Good night, beloved.